father's lightsaber. What? Lightsabers, precious? Precious. The Lord of the Rings, the Star Wars Encyclo podcast, where we waste time in fictional wikis. My name is Ryan. My name is Joanna. The big man has the rock. He's taking it all the way downtown. Now, this is going to be the first of a, a, a few sort of special short episodes. I will be broadcasting. At least our intention is to make them short. I'm not sure exactly what like they'll end up being. Yeah. So you guys might have noticed. We ain't been so good about getting them episodes up on a weekly basis like we used to. Um, this is for a couple of reasons. First one is that we've been like really busy lately, uh, which is not a great excuse. I know everyone's busy. Everyone says they're busy. Yeah, if we- you want, if you want to make time for something, you make time for something. But honestly, making a podcast. It's kind of takes some time. It takes a big chunk of time. It's labor intensive, and you have to understand that um, a lot of the more popular podcasters out there—that is their day job. They have Patreons. They have uh, 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 podcasting networks, or what have you. We have separate day jobs because we're not that popular. Uh, <laughs> so that's our first reason. The second reason is that while I, as a person who can access the website Wikipedia.wikia.com or whatever the heck it is, Star Wars Wikia.com, Wikipedia. I have an endless treasure trove of goofy and stupid things to cover on this show. However, Tolkien's Legendarium, while very deep, is a little more narrow. Well, it's also finite because the man is dead. The man is Um, dead. Also, it doesn't have an expanded universe like Star Wars does. And we're not saying... It is basically one man... Well, one man and his son. And we're not saying we're running out of things to talk about as far as Middle Earth goes, but Joanna said she's running out of things that are entertaining uh, except for the the deepest nerd scholars out there right if you want to do a bunch of podcast episodes on the geography of valerian and middle earth then we're cooking with gas but i doubt anybody wants to listen to that meanwhile i can just talk about crap like like luke skywalker every week and you know what that's okay i think it's okay that we kind of i don't want to don't want to call it a hiatus but it's going to be kind of like whenever we think of something to record we're going to record it. So that could be like we're doing this week, which we're going to talk about in a second. Or it could be when the Lord of the Rings uh, Amazon show drops. Right. We're going to talk about that. Right? Right. We're going to talk about that. When some other Star Wars stuff happens, we'll talk about that. And do I regret maybe wasting some of my precious episodes talking about Watto? Yeah, maybe. A little bit. Do you regret wasting some of your precious episodes talking about Zack? Yeah, I do. I, you know, some characters didn't make the cut. You know, I couldn't talk about Kyle Katarn. I couldn't talk about um, Kyle, Kyle Katarn. Katarn. I mean, he's really the only guy I'm thinking we of. We could do a special episode on Kyle Katarn if you want. You gotta, yeah. We should. He rules. But yeah, don't think that this is not the end, my friends, for the journey goes ever on. But we are just going to be kind of uh, popping in when we can and working on other projects and stuff. So not to start off on a downer, but here's the first example of such an episode. Joanne has something she wants to talk to us about. And it's death. Oh, no. I mean, the death of our show, no, but... No, but the death of a very important man who looms large in the world of Tolkien-related publishing. As well as our podcast, As well to be as our podcast. We have made fun of this poor old man so Not, many times. It is a light ribbing, a loving, a loving little noogie on the head. 
Well, now he's dead, so I hope you're happy. I'm not. I'm very sad, actually. I think he's an interesting guy. So, who are we talking about? We are talking about Christopher John Raoul Tolkien. Christopher Daddy's Books Tolkien himself. Christopher Daddy's Books Tolkien has passed away as of January 16th of this year. Rest in power, King. Now... It's not a great surprise because he was 95 years old. That's a long life. And he was publishing, oh my gosh, up through 2018, I think, was when The Fall of Gondolin came out. Let's talk a little bit about the life and times of Christopher Tolkien. Okay. Christopher Tolkien was, uh, do you remember where he was in the birth order, Ryan? He's not the oldest. He's not the oldest. No, the oldest is John. Mm -hmm. The second born is Michael. The third born is Christopher. Yes. And then the fourth born was the long-awaited daughter, Priscilla. Priscilla, who is the only one of Tolkien's four children who is still alive and who is honorary vice president of the Tolkien Society. Ah, yes. Your boss. Yes. Uh, my boss. Your hashtag. I don't really want my hashtag girl boss. You're part of the Tolkien Society. I, I am, but like, I'm not employed. They're not like putting bread on my table. Hashtag girl boss, Priscilla Tolkien. <laughs> She's, she has sold me so many of uh, those, like, uh, stick-on nails and, and LuLaRoe leggings. leggings and essential oils. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hashtag girl boss indeed. But, um, so to, to, to give you a rundown, because in looking up Christopher Tolkien, I inevitably mm-hmm. found information on his other children. So his first son, John Francis Raoul Tolkien, born in 1917. J.F.R. Tolkien? J.F.R. Tolkien. J- Jafert. Jafar Tolkien. Jafar, Jafar Tolkien. <laughs> Jafar Tolkien, born in 1917, died 2003. So he was the eldest son. He became a priest, which must have made Tolkien's extremely Catholic heart sore. Yeah, that's a good thing for him. Unfortunately, as a priest, he was accused of sexual misconduct twice. Oh, no. Uh, that's settled a good Settled out of court. Like it always uh, was back then. Like it always was. Well, like it often is still, still now. today. Um, yes. So uh, he was accused of sexually abusing a fellow called Christopher Carey. And he also apparently made a group of scouts strip naked. Guy sucks. So not great. Not great, John. Not great. Good riddance. Good riddance. Yes. Uh, so so that's that's the first Tolkien son. Well, we're not batting that a thousand right now, are we? No, no, no. But we're, we're a little bit better with the rest of them. So we have next uh, Michael Hillary Raoul Tolkien. Why they all have Raoul in their name, I don't know. Um, that's probably something I could have looked up. It's just a family name, I guess. But so MHRT, so Michael Hormone Replacement Therapy. Okay. Uh, so M Hurt. M Hurt. So M Hurt was a teacher. Uh, it was his toy dog that got last, uh, that inspired his father to write the story Rover Random, one of his early oh, publications okay, okay. about a little toy dog that gets lost and then comes back. Cute. Uh, he also had a Dutch doll that became the inspiration for Tom Bombadil. Oh! You know, so, um, we have Michael to thank and or blame, depending on your position, for all the high doll Mary dolls. I thank him profusely. Yeah, he was a teacher at various Catholic schools, and unfortunately, he died of leukemia in 1984. Oh, younger. Yeah, than his bros. so he was the first of Tolkien's well, kids. Why to pass. couldn't they have swapped? Get 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 bad touch priests and swap deaths with his bro Michael. I mean, come I on. mean, if there was any justice in this world, the molester priest would have been the one to die of leukemia. A nice but... teacher with a with a goofy old man doll. 
Yep. With with yellow boots or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. No, he is the one because uh, there's just no justice in this world. So apparently not. Yes. So, um, Priscilla. The youngest child, born 1929, so that is five years after Christopher. Prissy Tolkien. She was uh, long hoped for, and they were very pleased. He, uh, J.R.R. Uh, and his wife Edith were very pleased when she was uh, born. She took a part in the production of The Lord of the Rings by typing. At oh. age of 14, her dad uh, had <laughs> Put her, it to work. Put her to work. <laughs> unpaid child labor. There's a lot of unpaid child labor This is a woman's story. job? Secretarial. Yes. yes dictation. Absolutely. So she took dictation like a good little secretary. Oh, no. Um, also, it was her family of toy bears that inspired the early name for the protagonist of The Lord of the Rings, Bingo Bolger Baggins. No way. Really? But, but it was not kept. Bingo so. Bulger was a bear. Bingo Bulger Baggins was a family of toy bears. Now, I don't know if, like, their full surname was Bingo Bulger Baggins, if their surname was just Bulger Baggins. Okay. I don't know. Well, if there's three like, separate bears, there's Bingo the bear, Bulger the bear, bear and Baggins, Baggins the, the bear. bear. Perhaps. Perhaps. Uh, this It also says that uh, she went with her dad to Italy one time, and then she was also a probation officer. Okay. So, um, and a social worker. So she's pretty good too, then. She's pretty good. She's fine. Yeah, and then, and of course, she's the honorary vice president of the Tolkien Society. So honorary, she's doing well. So she's just a figurehead, then. She's honorary. She actually, yeah, doing... she. Well, she not the public. president. Come she's on. public. Yeah, I know. Right. If anyone should be president, it should be like the literal direct descendant. A person of the named male Tolkien. Jert. But um, no, she honorary vice president, and but she does contribute to Amon Hen. Or okay. Or she has in the past on at least one occasion. That's awesome. Yes. All right. So that's the kids. But Christopher was the third born and um, also probably the most involved in The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings. Sure. Okay. So, like I said, he was born in November 1924 in Leeds, England. Passed away this past January 16th at the age of 95 in a place in France that I cannot pronounce. Try. Draguignan. Let me see it. Yeah, Draguignan. 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 Further alienating all of our French fans. Draguignan. Sounds I think like, there's something in your nose there. Like when you have that G and no. N together. No. No. Maybe. Gladly. No. Beautiful language. Beautiful language. Beautiful language. All right. Language of love. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So um, he was educated at a school with an incredible name considering his later career. So uh, uh, it's called The Something School. You want to guess? The Something School? The Something School. What goes in that blank? And you said, give me a hint. Yes. What was your hint? So, considering his later career uh, in fantasy... It's appropriate. Yes. The Dragon School. Ryan, it is the Dragon School. Are you serious? <laughs> you just straight up guessed it. Look. I just was thinking about dragons. It literally oh is my the God. Dragon School. It is the Dragon School. <laughs> it is the Dragon School. So, he was educated at the Dragon School, and later at a place called the Oratory School, which just sounds like the kind of school they would have in Yeah. I went the to... The Dragon School. The Dragon School. Isn't that awesome? That's cool. Yeah. So, yeah. It's it's very good. It, that's at Oxford. Um, okay. I don't know if it's... Hold on. Let me look it up. Is it like an elementary school? Like, what is it? It's a school for dragons. It's for... Yeah. So, it's for ages four through 13. Okay. So, so primary yeah. school of primary dragons. Primary school of dragons. Yes. Uh, I guess it used to be called Old Dragon. <laughs> Even cooler. Yeah, even cooler. Uh, what he did next was not so cool, although it does roughly follow his father's life pattern. He joined the military. Yeah. Went to South Africa, did some flight training. Flight South Africa, interesting, where his father was born and spent his youngest years. South Africa? South Africa. 
Can you do a I, South African Africa? A- can you actually do a South African accent? You have to kind of clip off the ends of your words. Is that how it South works? Africa. Like the only example of like a South African a- accent is the main character from District Nine for me. So your prawns in your in your favela or whatever, South Africa. I'm Elon Musk's dad. Oh yeah, that's true. Elon also famously South uh, African, but I hate him. So. I own an emerald mine I don't listen to him built talk. off the back of apartheid labor. South Africa. I also want to. What was his his plan to save those kids underwater? A tiny submarine. I'm going to build a submarine. No, a tiny tunnel, wasn't it? No, it's a tiny submarine that's going to go through the tunnel, except for the pedo guy decided to stomp on my... I love how you pronounce it pedo, even though it has an A in it, but that's not how it's pronounced at all. Yeah, but anyway, those are... Yeah, so that's that's South Africans for you. South Africa. Not letting pedos in their submarines. Also chappy. Also chappy. Okay. Does chappy talk? Yeah. With a South African accent? Yeah, it's done by the guy in District 9. It's, um, what's his face? Um, same actor. Vickus? Uh, yeah, Vickus actor. His, uh, his name is just Vickus. Yeah, Mr. Vickus did the voice Mr. of- Mr. Vickus. He's also did Chappie. His name is now Chappie Vickus. No, it's, um, <laughs> why am I blanking? Yeah, he did Chappie's voice. All right. He's like, I'm a robot. I'm street. South Africa. I love, uh, Die Antwoord. South Africa. South Africa. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So now that we've given you a little taste of South African culture, mm. that's where Christopher Tolkien found himself from mid-1943, when by my calculations, he would have been 19. I'm glad we spent so much time talking about South Africa. I'm sure it's going to have a lot of relevance. Oh, it absolutely does not. So, oh. yeah. Um, <laughs> he did the whole South Africa thing. He was promoted to a flying officer. I don't really know much about the military, so I apologize if any, like, to any tankies. I don't think that's what they're called. This. I don't think tankies are people like tankies, the military. Well, no, what are tankies, then? Tankies are, like... It's a political party. They know, are? In England. Yeah, it's like what they call, like... No, it's people who really like tanks. No. <laughs> it is people who like tanks. I'm serious. Look it up. can't believe we're arguing about tankies. It is a, It is people who are into tanks. Like, my, my cousin is a tanky. I don't think that's strictly true. Tankies is a pejorative term to hardline pro-Soviet members of the Communist Party of Great Britain. Oh, never mind. I guess my cousin isn't a tanky. <laughs> However, it also may refer to the tankies in the nickname of the Royal Tank Regiment. Uh, he's not that either. Okay. <laughs> I thought it was people who like tanks. No, no, no. They're you know, communists. like furries. No. Okay, well, yeah, that's definitely... Well, whatever. Okay, so I guess... Chris, we're just going to delete this I part. I guess ta- not- tankies can get blown. <laughs> um, any military enthusiast, I apologize for skipping over this part. Because the more relevant piece of his life was, again, following in daddy's footsteps. He studied English at Trinity College, Oxford, where else... Got his BA in 1949 and his uh, B lit a few years later, and he also became a professor there. Just like daddy. Just like daddy. Now, Tolkien as a professor, uh, Christopher Tolkien yeah. as a professor, uh, had some of his own original work. I say original work. It was like translations of uh, Icelandic tales. That's how his daddy started, That's too. That's how his daddy started. So he did that, but he is most known for his editorial work for his father. Now, this started ah, okay. at a very young age. So when he was a very small child, Tolkien told him the story of Bilbo Baggins, which was later published as The Hobbit. Mm-hmm. Uh, over the 15 years that Tolkien was developing Lord of the Rings, uh, as a young adult, uh, Christopher was providing ample feedback. And then he also had the task of drawing maps for it. So again, like I said, oh, lots of unpaid child Put him to work. <laughs> so the maps that are published in the books, my understanding is that they were drawn by Christopher. Really? This was very difficult because Tolkien would give him drafts of maps that were completely contradictory. I gotta say, his maps look pretty good. 
His maps look pretty good, but that also explains why in his uh, Histories of Middle Earth series, he spends so much time talking about geography uh-huh. and how, like, this river crossing was moved 12 miles upstream. Oh and how, like, no, like, it's it's a bit of a slog, but it's near and dear to his heart because uh, child labor drawing maps. Cool. Yeah. Uh, he also was invited by his father to join the Inklings when he was just 21 years old. Do you remember the Inklings? That's the secret group of writers that had Tolkien and um, C.S. Lewis in it, I right? mean, I don't know if it's that secret. Like, I don't think you have to, like, give a secret password through a slot in the door But to it's get like a in. fun little group of writers who would pass notes around. It's also the name of the squid guys from Splatoon. That's also something he joined. Yeah. Um, uh, little known fact about Christopher Tolkien, end of his life, very into Splatoon. He was a kid now, now he's a squid now, now he's dead now. Mm. That's the very sad, like, preload. Uh, preload, never mind, skip that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> edit that out. Uh, the sad epilogue to Sad Splatoon. epilogue, I meant literally the opposite yeah. of a prelude. Alright, so yeah, an informal literary discussion society. Mm-hmm. Alright, so he was ground floor on, presumably, well, I don't know what year it was, maybe he was Well, he's not floor. ground floor because his dad and C.S. Lewis are ground floor. <laughs> yeah, he's- He's definitely like some floors up. Stories up. (laughs) So, all right. So he really got to work after his father passed away. Mm -hmm. So first, what he did was he published the Silmarillion in the nineteen seventies. This was always something that Tolkien intended to publish. In fact, as we've discussed before, he was like way more into it than pretty much anything else he was writing. Okay. And he originally intended to publish it alongside the Lord of the Rings. He did not. Mm. Uh, So parts of it were in a finished state, but it was incomplete. So Christopher, whom Tolkien once referred to as his chief critic and collaborator, Ah. became his father's literary executor in his will. Yeah, okay. And so he published the Silmarillion. I mean, he pieced it together from odd scraps of paper um, and uh, sometimes contradictory material. Uh, And as we've discussed before, sometimes Tolkien would write a rough draft in pencil, like, half erase it and then like uh, write the next draft on top of it now if anyone's worked in i mean you worked in a school for a while when kids do that on like papers and stuff yeah it's like almost impossible sometimes to like oh i just like I, it's just an automatic fail for yeah me when i was a teacher <laughs> get the hell out of here kid like you think i have enough days in my life to can't, read this yeah. crap can't read it can't you read turned it in this is garbage you should feel like garbage Sheesh. i like just put it through the shredder in front of them set it on fire with a lighter yeah it's why would you do that hey kids why the hell don't would do you that. do that don't do that uh but tolkien frequently did do that so the silmarillion so after suffering through that uh christopher followed it up with unfinished tales in 1980 okay. yeah uh we've discussed some of that mm-hmm. the history of middle earth was next that's 12 volumes we've talked of a little bit of that we yeah, did return of the shadow sure. and treason of isengard which are volumes i believe 9 and 10 respectively or 10 and 11 i think 9 and 10 the best ones there's yeah the best Nine and ten volumes nine and ten are where it really gets cooking. Yeah. You gotta slog through the first eight, but once you get to <laughs> nine and ten, man. Um there were twelve volumes altogether and he published those between nineteen eighty three and nineteen ninety six, so like about a volume a year. That's pretty good. Pretty prolific considering he was uh especially considering he was fairly aged mm-hmm. aged, aged by that point. In April 2007, he published The Children of Hurin, which we have talked about in some detail. We have, right? yes. Turin Turambar, mm-hmm, an accidentally mm-hmm, marrying mm-hmm, his sister. And yeah, it was all good stories. Yes. Um, and then he published Baron and Luthien in 2017 as a standalone book. The story of Baron, Baron and Luthien had been included in the Silmarillion, but the standalone fleshed it out and gave us uh, The Prince of Cats. 
Right. The precursor to Sauron. Right. I remember him. And then the next year, 2018, uh, the final Tolkien work to be published, The Fall of Gondolin. Uh, so, again, The Fall of Gondolin uh, included in some form in the Silmarillion, but fleshed out more. Got it. All right. So that's his uh, literary output. Oh, it looks like he also uh, worked on publishing some other pieces that his father had translated. So, for example, The Legend of Sigurd and Gudrun. Do you know that? Uh, it's a it's like the, German folktale. Uh, Norse. Norse, it's, sorry. It's the Fulsung saga. Ah, uh, okay. With like Brynhilda yeah. and stuff like that. I think that. it said German because I was thinking of like Wagner. Wagner. Yeah, well, Wagner loved that shit. Yeah. Famously yeah. loved that shit and was also just famously shit. Uh, also, The Fall of Arthur and Beowulf, which I accidentally oh. won in that competition in, um, in what's it called? Um, where Notre Dame is. Anyway, I famously won it in a competition at a random borders in Indiana, and then um, I had to pay $30 for him to ship it to me in Michigan. So, so, like, I might as well just, like, bought it. Twice. Twice. But now we have to talk about his uh, a little hiccup mm. for many Tolkien fans in Christopher Tolkien's uh, personal history, which is his reaction to Peter Jackson's trilogy. Now, he allowed these movies to be made. He Ultimately, the Tolkien estate did allow them to be made, yes, uh, as evidenced by the fact that they were made. But in 2001, he was uh, ex already expressing doubts over how good these movies were going to be, which seems like kind of a dick move. Before they even came out. Yeah, like, he he doesn't, he's not famous for being, like, a film guy, mm -hmm. like, he's a literary guy, and um, it just seems like rather petty to be like, I don't think they're going to be that good. Well, maybe he's just kind of hedging his bets just in case they suck, just to make sure, like, he's... Not on the record of being like, they're going to be great. My dad is going to be so happy in his grave that these books are not my best movies ever. Yeah, no. Um, In 2012 interview, he said of the films, they gutted the book making an action film for 15 to 25 year olds. Okay. Now, but then, but then he followed it up with, it's just my opinion. Yeah, it's just my opinion, man. It's just my opinion. Am I not allowed to have opinions? I'm just, I'm Hello? mean, I'm not mean, I'm just honest. God, there's no such thing as freedom of speech anymore. Yeah, why can't I say slurs on twitch anymore God. <laughs> so, but he he would like routinely stress it's just, just my opinion it's just what i think um in fact he said that while he personally disliked the films it wasn't to the level of having enmity towards anyone who participated in it however that claim that he had no enmity is somewhat undercut by the way he treated his son simon tolkien simon yeah poor simon so when the films originally came out the party line of the Tolkien estate was, we need to stay away from them. We need to not talk about them. We don't endorse them. Focus um, on the books. Just focus on the books. Simon, though, Simon decided that he would come out and say they were awesome, and he loved them, and he thought they were very good. Oh, no. And he was therefore disowned. Oh, that's horrible. Yeah. When I say disowned, I mean, like, he and his dad did not talk for, quote, a while. Do you think he took him out of the will? Well, they reconciled before Christopher died, okay. fortunately. But yes, poor Simon uh, was estranged from his father because he liked the Peter Jackson movies. Not not just that he liked them. He publicly said that he liked them. Can you imagine was... that being like the schism in your family? Like, he said he liked a movie. <laughs> but it's the movie of Daddy's Books. Daddy's not around. And look at how Daddy's many... Daddy's Books. Now, I would argue that those movies made tons more people read Daddy's Books and had they not come out, they kept the idea of Lord of the Rings in the public consciousness and made people like me go and buy the books 
and read some of them. Well, see, Ryan, that is the opinion of a, a 33-year-old um, American uh, man who grew up in in the film era. Um, okay. And the, uh, the time of, uh, you know... Uh, plentiful action films and mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. cinematic wonderment. Yeah, I was, um, I was you, firmly. But in you that. are not. You are not a ninety-five-year-old stuffy British man dying in France. So. I will admit, I was firmly in that fifteen to twenty-five age demographic when those movies were coming out. I was fourteen. I think I was too. Actually, yeah, we were. Probably, but um, I'm just saying. But I'm saying. Uh, I, I'm roughly in that age range, and I did enjoy them as fun, as cool action movies. But it did, you know, they are. Different. I had. It did get me to buy the books. And so, you're welcome, Christopher. Those wonder- Putting up food in your family's mouths, Christopher. Your daddy's books, Christopher. I mean, he is entitled to have his opinion. And he routinely stressed that it was just opinion. But, like, refusing to talk to your son for... Is it because Simon didn't say it was his opinion? Is that why? <laughs> he was like, these okay. movies are great, no, period. Here's, here's what he said. Here's <laughs> okay, what he okay. said. Okay. Um, Simon said, it was my view that we take a much more positive line on the film, and that was overruled by my father. So he was like... These movies are good. That's not my opinion. They're just good. I'm just positive. I'm feeling generally positive about these movies. But I'm going to be clear. It's not my opinion. They are, <laughs> it is an objective They're objectively fact. good. Anybody who disagrees is objectively wrong. They are good. An objectively wrong, crusty old man. One more time. I'm writing this in blood. This is not my opinion. <laughs> Anyway, this is the truth. Unfortunately, um, initially Simon described it as a permanent breach in their relationship. Oh, dear. But they did reconcile. They ultimately reconciled, so it was okay. I mean, not okay. It's still, like, kind of a ridiculous reason to be estranged. But uh, there you have it. Now, with Christopher's passing, what is what do you think the future of the Lord of the Rings uh like, uh, yeah, like Tolkien's Legendarium. Where is it going to, who's going to be ahead of it now? Who's going to be in charge of it's it? It's going to be very, very difficult to find another family member who is in a position and has the very particular set of skills that Christopher Tolkien had to continue piecing together uh, the bits and bobs that were left over uh, of Tolkien's mm-hmm. work when Tolkien passed away. I really feel that Christopher did his level best to get it all out there before he died. Yeah. Now, granted, that meant that he couldn't die until he was almost 100 <laughs> years old. But um, in looking up who now runs the Tolkien estate. Oh, that's right. Actually, Christopher Tolkien has not been um, the head of the Tolkien estate since 2017. He renounced it at age oh, 93. Who, who's been then since 2017? Um, so... Have we been rallying against Daddy's books this whole time, not realizing? <laughs> no, like... because, because what? No, because, like, for the most part, any, um, kerfuffles over film rights, uh, th- that was when Christopher uh... Tolkien was presiding over it. Um, so, the copyrights have, for the most part, been assigned, uh, to subsidiary entities, such as the J.R.R. Tolkien Discretionary Settlement. It's, it's very, very boring. It's a bunch of, like, shell companies yeah, and stuff, it, right? Yeah, it's extremely boring. Um... Now, there is also the uh, various holdings of the Tolkien family. So they are uh, directed by uh, Christopher Tolkien until 2017. Okay. His wife, Bailey Tolkien, and J.R.R. Tolkien's grandson, Michael George Tolkien. Michael George. Michael George. George Michael. George Michael. George Michael Tolkien. (laughs) So I guess I'm just wondering, like, with the Amazon show coming out, and they need to consult a Tolkien about it. Who are they going to consult? Uh, seems like Bailey and George Michael. Bailey and Michael George. Yes. All right. How do you, do you know anything about them? Are they going to be good for the job or? 
I don't know anything about them, though. They haven't been nearly in the spotlight to the extent that Christopher was. Uh, a very outspoken um, helmsman yeah. of his father's literary empire. So I'm not entirely sure how it's going to go, but Amazon's show, I mean, like, that, 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 the necessary copyrights have already been purchased, so, um, hmm. they, they, they're full steam ahead. Gotcha. So. Interesting. We'll just see. I'm not sure if any more books are going to come out, though. I think that The Fall of Gondolin might have been it. Well, I gotta imagine they're kind of running out of notes from old J.R.R., old Jert. Mm-hmm. I imagine his, his books have been, and his old diaries and writings and scraps of post-it notes have probably been scoured through pretty cleanly at I this mean, point. I mean, prodigious as his output was, he was still only one man who lived only one lifetime. So I'm gonna go ahead and say we it might be over. But I, I'm ready to be proven wrong. I would love to be yeah. proven wrong. I would love for there to be more. Would you like there to be more from not J.R.R. Tolkien? Like, let's say, like an extended universe written by someone Shit, you trust? no. By someone I trust? Like a fantasy author who's already established or something. Uh, like, no. think, like uh, I don't know. Like, not George R.R. Martin. He's got his own stuff to worry about. But like, he puts so much sex in it. Or who's a fancy author you like that you think would do a good job? I mean, I like Brandon Sanderson. Um, but he, And he was, in fact, given, you know, um, what's it called? That really long, it's like 13 volumes long. Um, Wheel of Time? Wheel of Time. He was handed the reins of Wheel of Time oh, okay. when the author originally died. Now, I, I don't read Wheel of Time, and I don't think that, like, Randy Sanderson writes anything like Tolkien. So, like, I don't think it would be a good match. I really don't think that there's anybody who would necessarily be a good match. Frank Herbert. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. Shit. Yeah. Um, it's just a different generation. Yeah. Like, the whole generation of fan... Like, like fantasy is so different now mm-hmm. that yeah, I think it yeah. would be hard to even get in that mindset, my opinion. Got it. Yeah. Well, if that's the end of Tolkien's works, I mean... It's not the end. I mean, they live on. That's what I mean, though. I'm just like... As evidenced by the fact that, like... Middle Earth content is coming out on Amazon next year. Yeah. Um, so they're definitely uh, not at their uh, limit yet, or not. They, mm-hmm, they're definitely, mm-hmm. they're not in danger of fading away anytime soon, but. Okay. Yeah. But so that's Christopher Tolkien. And I guess, you know, in, in the interest of being respectful towards the deceased, I, I have to say F. Press F to pay respect. F. F. Christopher F. Yep, we may have ragged on you a little bit about your daddy's books. You've but done so much. The end of the day, for Tolkien fans, though, more yes, than anyone else, yes. you, you don't, you didn't deserve all the gentle ribbing we gave you. And sorry, you didn't like the movies. We think they're fun. And we like them, but but it's, it's just your opinion. It's just your opinion, man. So it's fine. It's fine. We'll miss you, bud. Um, yeah. Hope you get to go meet an elf in heaven. Hold on, I got, I got a song I want to play. Uh, that's exactly it can you put that in yeah if you ever get there see you when you get there Temptation and faith, I guess we're living for the day. I seen a man get swept off his feet by a board with an AK. The situation so 